Welcome to this week's episode of Hey, I think we're good here. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jackson Metakekia. And I'm Matt West. And we're here getting to know the sport of volleyball through the life experiences our guests have to share with us. Come take a listen. Today's guest is three-time All-American, back-to-back national champion, ABCA Player of the Year, and current national team setter, Micah Hancock. Little Mikes. What's up? Yo. Hey. Well, thanks for coming on, Mikes. Yeah, glad to be here, man. We appreciate you. Yeah, I'm excited. I have a question. What is the worst interview question that you get asked all the time? Or like the one that's just annoying for you? Mm. I don't know if it's like consistency based but it's like it's I think the worst question I think is after a match and it's like maybe we didn't do great and then it's like well why did you guys suck and it's like uh <laughs> do we have to answer that like what's the appropriate way to answer that question so uh yeah that would probably be like up there on the, the no-fly zone list for me <laughs> you know what I was listening to like the interviews they do during the king of the beach stuff and it's some, I don't know, Dutch later or whatever. And she goes, so you guys didn't make it out. Uh, how do you feel about that? And then just shoves the mic in there. I'm like, and these poor guys, it's like these Spanish guys or German guys. And English is probably like their fourth language. And they're like, uh, not good. <laughs> like anyone else would answer. Yeah. Like they interviewed, they interviewed Jake and Taylor and... Jake, I think Jake is probably the only guy in the world that'll be like, I can't hear you. Because everybody else would just be like, yeah, for sure. Okay. Like, and just play along. And he just couldn't hear. And he goes, honestly, I have no idea what you just said. But okay, we'll see you in uh, 2020. <laughs> just walked away. Bye. Bye. No, that's like, that's, go ahead, Jason Jackson. That's why so many of those NBA guys are like, they come off as jerks. But they're so frustrated. It's like, why did you ask me that stupid-ass question? That's why Coach Pop is one of my heroes. It's like, what did you just ask me? Did like, you watch no the game? No mercy. And, like, I was just going to say that, like, I feel like I need to start embodying that because it's like, why do I have to answer this crap, you know? Yeah. Like, they're not. Why should I? <laughs> That's true. I mean, you could do it in Europe, too, and be like, uh, Yes. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> uh, yeah, and just play it off for sure. Nice work, Jackie. Way to get it going, baby. All right, Matt, where, where, do, you, where do you want to start, Maddie? No, okay, let's uh, let's just start from the beginning. Why Bali? Like, what, what made you choose it when you were a little kid? Um, I mean, I was, I grew up in like pretty athletic family, sports were like you know, just a thing we did, and uh, I grew up in Macau, Sur, Oklahoma, super small town, and my mom, short version would be like my mom introduced me to it, and she played like co-ed at this like local gym, like, and we were, it was like just randos playing volleyball, and it was like 35-year-olds, and I'm like nine years old, like, please don't hit me in the face, you know, but like, I was like addicted to just like you you have this ball and it can't touch the floor. So like, that's fun. Immediately as a kid, you're like, heck yeah. So, um, I think it started like super young age. Like I remember 
before I was playing in those co-ed like tournaments and like practices, I was like walking around the gym, whether it was like shooting a basketball or like realizing, oh, like I can just like throw the ball and then like just try to save it. Cause I thought that was a, such a cool play. It's like seeing my mom like go for a ball, you know? Um, but yeah, I started playing there and it became like, love it. First volley, I guess you'd say, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I, I got into like competitive volleyball at nine and played with my sister who is three years older than me. And yeah, I just, I just fell in love with the sport. I think it was like volleyball and dance were my two choices as I got older. And I was like, there's no comparison. Like I, I got to go with volleyball. So did you, were you already jump serving at nine? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, I, uh, I did watch my mom and my sister do it for years before I started Um, so it was just a lot of like visual reps. Like I would see like what went wrong or like what was great or what was, you know, good. And so I definitely, I saw it a lot before I tried my hand at it. Did you grow up as a setter or were you an attacker and then a setter or? Um, I definitely, I did both my whole like career until college. Um, and I loved attacking. Like I loved the all around game. Uh, I was, I actually like was a passing opposite for like all of my club years. So yeah, I just loved being a part of the play and like, how can I help teammates out? And um, yeah, I love to attack. So that was a big change for me going into college. Yeah. That's like the most fun volleyball you can play is when you're doing everything. Yeah, Like that's the dream right there. Weren't we talking about it with, who are we talking about it with? Where like we thought more people would just evolve into a six two and just get like two athletic, setters that like could kind of set but it's like just let them hit don't worry about it dude I fingers were crossed in college because I think coach Rose let me he let me hit like one practice my freshman preseason and I hit like 400 and I was like hell yeah like hot you know I made I made it yeah and then the next day you guys my legs were so shot so mind you like Penn State preseasons are like on another level, like three hours, three times a day, like each session's three hours. And so the second day I came in, I hit like negative something. And he was like, see, this is what we can't have happen. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And so um, he definitely like, he wanted me to be like me and still attack, um, but just do it in more of a, like every now and then situation and focus on distributing the ball. That's fair, like yeah. be a setter. Right. Yeah, you got you got pretty good at it, so maybe he knows what he's talking about. Right, I trust him. <laughs> you originally weren't gonna go to Penn State, yeah? Yeah, uh, gonna go to Tulsa University. So like, or University of Tulsa, excuse me. My sister went there, and it's funny because that whole story, like, that's one thing I really like. I we were talking to, I was talking to a group of um, like club athletes. I think it was actually a webinar and we were like I was just saying like don't underestimate yourself because I think that's like with the growth of a couple years in volleyball is it can be really beneficial to not short yourself and I think in it like to an extent I was like hey this is close to home like it's familiar it's a great school like that'll be that'll be the fit um and then I been in like the USA pipeline for a little longer and I had like gone overseas a couple times and I was like this is actually like I don't know. I wanted more from the sport and I wanted more of a challenge. And I was actually able to do that because um, 
the head coach at the time left and I was like hey like this is kind of like a big part of why I chose to come here and um they actually let me they released me to go look at other uh places that I mean I got lucky because there was a scholarship available at Penn State but they allowed me to look around and yeah it kind of fell into place why were there other schools or was Penn State the one that just stood out the most so I looked around like I it's funny because I don't think people a lot of people know this I actually was like I'm gonna go to Texas man like these girls are physical it's close to home like um my parents would love that you know and Jared Elliott's just beating himself right now if he's gonna listen <laughs> yeah, to this seriously. well and it's funny because we we were in contact and it was like man I like I wish we could offer you a scholarship because we take her and I was like <sighs> Uh, but no, it just, uh, strangely, like the setter who was at Penn state as a freshman, um, quit volleyball. She like had reached her like limit with volleyball. I think she didn't love it anymore. And so she left and that actually opened up a scholarship spot. It was meant to be. Yeah. I would say. You were meant to be a Nittany Lion. Yes. Oh my gosh. What are the how many, how many girls in your career quit the program? Because we all know that the Penn State program is a very intense environment. Well, this is what we hear. I guess we don't know it, but it's a very intense environment. And if you, you can get overwhelmed very easily. So how many girls do you think quit in your time there? Um, so in my time, I guess, let's count, well, let's count the setter, right? So her quit, quit volleyball or like transferred? Oh, transfer, I think transfer counts. Yeah, just, yeah. just quit the program. Yeah, okay. So probably like three or four. Mm. Yeah, while I was there, three. But I know a lot more of it wanted to. <laughs> that's know? actually, that's not that many. Yeah. I feel like winning <laughs> cures all. And, yes. and, and that's the thing is you. we had a lot of people that, we're driving to that excellence. Like they wanted that taste, you know? And so it's tough, man. Cause I like sophomore year, I think I told my mom, like, man, I'm not happy. Like something's got to give, you know, yeah. I was wondering, I was wondering like, could another university give me what I'm getting here? Would I grow in a, in a similar way without, you know, some of the crap that's going on. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I just felt, I felt moved to stay and it, it worked out. So Jackson and I, before every podcast, discuss what theme we want to talk about with our guests that we mm -hmm. feel like embodies them the most. So for example, with Jordan, it was pride. We felt that pride was something that she took on a lot, obviously, because she's from Nebraska. She played in Nebraska Junior. She went to Nebraska. She's big recognition like all the way. And something that we felt would be a topic that we could discuss with you is like strength and personality because you can't go to Penn state and not have a strong personality and survive, let alone succeed, you know? So what we're curious, I guess, is like what created that personality where you're like, okay, I know all these things about the program. I think I can handle it. Like where did it start? And then, throughout it how did it develop and like okay I'm even stronger in character um I mean I think where it started was like I went on my visit and like I knew nothing about Penn State Legacy you guys like I knew nothing so I'm like walking in there just like 
oh, holy shit, like they do the damn thing, you know? <laughs> and, and like meeting with coach and he was like, yeah, like I'm going to be honest with you. Like it's going to be hard. And like, I'll never forget the first day of preseason. He was like, you're going to hate me. He like told me straight up, you're going to hate me for four years. Um, he was like, but I'm going to make you a great volleyball player. And I was like, I can handle that. Like, you know, I can handle that. So I think it started there and just like respecting the authenticity and then like being super authentic to my own teammates, like being super vulnerable with my own teammates and knowing that like, just because this shit's hard doesn't mean it's not worth it. And that we can share that. No one's got to do it alone kind of thing. And a lot of times, like, I would say I learned that like end of sophomore season because you, you learn too growing up, like you got to keep it inside. You got to like be strong on your own and like no one needs to see you sweat or cry or whatever. And it's like, it's so bogus. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make you stronger. It doesn't make you weak if you show it, you know, it's like, um, yeah, I just think for me, it was like finding that like trust with certain players and being able to like, we all needed that at other times. Like, Hey, do you need to, do you need help right now? And it was like that hand of like, I need help. I need you guys to do your jobs. You know, there was like that standard and, um, yeah, I just think, uh, it's, it's funny because I would say like mental toughness is like super important, but I think that there is a stigma around what mental being mentally tough is. What does it mean to you? being mentally tough to me is I mean it encompasses a lot of things I think that like like I was saying like I think you have to be vulnerable I think you have to like be aware enough to know hey I'm struggling or I can see my teammates struggling and like just being like taking that first step of awareness you're not denying it anymore you can move forward you can take an action step um and that just frees your mind you know I think um that's kind of how I would look at it is like, you know, having a plan and knowing, knowing what road to take. But um, I think that people, people think it means you can't ask for help. You know, sometimes yeah. people, people think it means like, I'm here, don't talk to me, I'm good. And it took, a, it took a while to learn that. What was the moment, if you can or want to talk about it. What was the biggest moment of vulnerability or like the event that took place your freshman, sophomore year where you're like, I really need my teammates or I really need my parents or my sister or, or you were like, I got to reach out. Like, I can't do this anymore. I mean, I think, yeah, I would say after probably my freshman year, um, I reached, I mean, I just reached, I had like a couple teammates on the team. I felt like I had, I had a nice, um, space I had a nice space there and I was like yeah like I'm not happy like we lost I was a freshman setter like you have these high expectations you see what the team has done before like with they just coming off like a championship so it's like uh we know what the goals are but we didn't get it we lost the sweet 16 the year that uh UCLA went and won that thing um and yeah I was just kind of like what like what do we do you know like kind of like wallowing in self-pity like we lost um kind of building that building that back up with mainly my teammates and like this, we know we can come back from this and like how do we build how do we put bricks down and um 
just make it a process. So when you talk about some of the harder things at Penn State, is it simply that high standard and like not wanting to blow it because they have such a big legacy? You know, is that is that kind of the what you mean when you're saying hard things or are there other things like that are just hard that maybe don't happen in other gyms? Yeah, I think it's a mix. I think it's like, I think it's a mix of like the standards that the, the program brings on its own. And then I think it's a mix of like, the top athletes that come there with their expectations of themselves. Um, and that can be tough, right? Cause I was, I was a kid that wasn't going to go to Penn state. I wasn't like the top recruit, you know? So I didn't have those expectations. I was like, Hey, let's just like do it. You know, like whatever that means, like let's fight to the death. And so I, I think the expectation was a huge part of it just in the minds of our, our team. And then, yeah, for sure. Like, there was stuff going on in that gym that wasn't happening in any other gym in the country, you know, like um, we actually like, so preseason is one of those things. Like we run two miles before preseason starts, like the first morning of like the two week journey we have. And it's like literally to make us tired. Like, because when you're tired, shit gets real, you know? And like people get cranky, stuff comes out. Like you don't want to go as hard. There's all these things that like, so he just had, he was like a mastermind and like weeding people out, you know, and seeing like how hard these girls want to work and like, if they do it, they can win it. So yeah, I think it was a mixture of that. Only the strong survive. Survivor. Oh my God. Yeah, if, if practices are the hardest thing you go through, then things don't present themselves in matches. They present themselves in training. Exactly. When I was like playing in college, everybody would always come to me and be like, wow, I, I think you're a good setter or sorry. I think you're a good server. I think you're a good blocker. I think you're a good defender. And I was like, tell me what I want to hear. Cause I want to hear that I'm a good setter. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You're but nobody, yeah, you're such a good athlete. And I'm suspecting that it was pretty similar to you. Cause the one characteristic that stands out is like, wow, she's so good at serving that left to right hook is just so good. Did it ever wear on you? And were you ever like, I just want to be recognized as a pure setter for once? Absolutely, dude. the <laughs> <laughs> fucking literally. Um, yeah, I mean, I got called in college. It was like, oh, Mike is such a good athlete. And I'm like, well, let's be a little more detailed, you know? Yeah. Like, what does that oh, yeah. mean? So like, and I know like, I'm not the only one, you know, like everyone has their problems with the media or who's saying what about you, but um, it's, it's funny because I, yeah, it's exactly like, I want to hear that my main job is what I'm good at, yeah. you know, yeah. um, but wearing on me as far as like pressure to like serve or like always be the best server, it's like, as much as I've served, <laughs> Like, oh my God, I don't even know how many balls. You know what cool is I could figure out how many balls I've served. I'm sure you spent 10,000 hours just serving. Oh, <laughs> I better have. Um, but yeah, I, I never like felt pressure to be like more of a server than a setter. It was just like, it's for me, I would always take it as like, no matter what's going on, it's like, that's an addition to what I do. Like, right. you know, I'm not trying to like be this like, I just kind of took it for what it was like, yeah, people like to watch me serve and they want to talk about it and cool. But like, I know that I have to get better in all aspects of the game. So right. I just try not to. Up 
in that, you know. That was like your niche, your market niche was like, oh, I'm good at this, but it's not all I am. Mm -hmm. What part of your career did you move to zone five serving? Um, I'm assuming that you started out on from zone one, just like everyone else. Yeah, um, I think I, that was mainly a college thing because, so I have a, my club coach and high school coach, he coached me for five years. His name's Edgar Maraku. He played, he's Albanian. He played Albanian national team. And he's the guy that like literally taught me all the basics about volleyball. Like my mom did, but like he really like fine tuned me as a player and like attitude wise. So shout out Edgar Maraku. But uh, I would always serve from like one or the middle of the court. And it was just more about like consistency and like, I because I was hitting it so consistent in high school and uh, club like it wasn't really like I didn't need like that extra edge you know and then I when I got to college it was like hey well let's try this and then we were just serving so much that I like developed that like okay well when it's a bad toss you can just chop it and like a lot of times those bad tosses turned into points because it was like pass or hitter you know so yeah I would say college is where I really developed that so here's my question to you what changed in your off season between your sophomore year and your junior year, both personally and as a team that took you to a national championship level? Or was it age, just evolution of personalities, getting to know each other better or a culmination of you know, a lot of things or what? Yeah. I think that we were all so, we were all pretty broken that we had gotten to the final four um, and didn't win it the year before that so sophomore year like freshman year we lost sweet 16 sophomore year we get to the final four lose out and we we just like we were like we want this we were right there like what we're doing is good enough it's just like we have to continue to keep that that passion that fire that want and it was it was hard because I think we had at that in that time too we had like personalities that were like not super like especially like as in the dynamic of team it wasn't like well oiled like it wasn't the smoothest ride so I think we did a really good job of like recognizing that and being like hey let's put this aside and let's let's go get this goal that we've been aiming for and um, we did a really good job at doing that and yeah so I think just growing as growing as people was like for sure a thing but yeah, just being like, hey, this is what we want, and we were so close, so let's just go get it, and yeah. And which one was harder, the first or the second? Because everybody says the second is like, it's tough. Hmm. That's a good question. Honestly, I would say the first one for me. Really? Because, yeah, because we were, like, we had been there. We were in the final four the year before, and it was like, we don't want to fuck this up, you know? Like, Let's like, yeah. And then this, the second one, and like we had, I think we had, that was the year we had that match with Stanford. And it was like legit. Like that match was probably the best match. Um, it probably was a national championship match, but. That's exactly what Maddie said. She was like, that was a national championship match. Yeah, dude, it was a grind, like, and just so many good players and the volleyball was amazing and I don't know so that I think the journey to the first one was why I think the first one was harder because it was just so much more of a challenge I feel like that 
was like the one really big part of the journey was that match because other than that you guys like trampled everyone me trampled the UW in key arena that was brutal i was in the stands watching i was like this is tough i would hate to be a husky right now (laughs) i will never forget that match and being like we were all like there it's literally no blue in the stands. It was like all purple, like a sea of purple. And we were like, what's going to happen? You know, like nerves were definitely there, but it was yeah. awesome. You guys torched them. I, the nerves <laughs> really hit you. <laughs> yeah. It must have hit them harder than it hit you. And that's fair, yeah. What, and what, I guess what was different in your character and personality going into the, the second one? Because I'm sure there's this aura of, I don't know if there's an aura of confidence or what you're feeling, or did you even go back a step and think like, just because we won one doesn't mean this one's guaranteed. Oh, for sure. I think I, I have that. Um, like when you, when you, like when I started my career and being like, I want one of these because this is like what Penn state does and like how fun would it be to be at the top, you know, and like work so hard for something. And so when I thought about that, it's like, I know that there's like, there are all these things that can work out and they're just like some things it's, I really think some of it's like a little bit of luck to win one, you know? Undoubtedly. You Undoubtedly. Know? So like. You just think like injuries, the right call, the home, like the matchups, there's for sure luck in it. So, and like knowing that too. So like knowing, seeing like watching like the history of Penn State and like seeing how they won and like, yeah, they were beating the crap out of people. But like knowing being in my own journey and being like, Hey, this is like way harder and you don't control everything. So it was like, how can I control what I control? And like for the second one, it was more so about like trust the work of the season you've put in. Like I had uh, Allie, Simone and Haley as freshmen, they were big roles on our team. And I just really wanted them to know, like, you got to just trust, like, you guys have been playing great all season. Like, you put, you put your head down and you play like it's another game. And, like, we had that all season. We had that fire and that, like, we wanted to repeat, but there was no, I don't think we, I think we did a really good job not putting pressure on that. Like, we have to win. It was just like, let's go kick some ass, you know, and it freed, it freed everyone up to just play and play hard. Uh, were you were you a different animal like your junior and senior in terms of like how demanding you were knowing that like you're the old dog and you have all these young kids coming in or were you pretty much the same I think I don't know if I would say I was more demanding my senior year but I would say that I um I tried to like yeah, because I was like the one of the older people. It was like, hey, this is our standard, like welcome, but like this is what we expect. And these are our like these are our goals and this is what we gotta do. We gotta these are the one, two, three steps to, to try to do this. So it was more of like just being super honest and like hey, the, the, like it's gonna be hard, but um we we need you to buy in. And it was yeah, yeah I, I felt like junior year Cause you're on like the top ish, you know, you're an upperclassman, but you're, you're not completely like running the show. So it was just like, I went about it a different way to see my senior year. Yeah. You're like, you're either with us or against us. So let's go. <laughs> let's ride. 
<laughs> for real though. So then you graduate and you're in the gym for a hot second. Alicia gets hurt and then you're out of Moco. Mm-hmm. What? I, just strictly volleyball wise, we don't even have to get into like culturally or anything because that's like a different world in and of itself. Yeah. Just volleyball wise, did you feel prepared or was this one of the moments where you were like, my serve is really good, but the rest of my game should really develop and catch up fast? Yeah. Or like, what What was your thought? Oh, 100%, dude. I was like, what did I just get myself into? Like, and it was so it was so exciting because I'm like, I was pumped to just be in the gym. Like when Leash did come back, like you guys, I'm not kidding you. I was going to like a three hour practices early to set to like, just like be good in practice. Like that's where I was, you know? So um, it's so funny because uh, she was coming back from like an injury, just like getting touches. And I'm like trying to like, you know, just get to like, can I be good enough to set good in practice? And it just showed me that there's like a new ladder to climb. And I think at some points it was like, devastating and at some points I'm like you know this is what I this is what I loved in college you know this is what I chased in college so like why is my mind like my mindset changed and so yeah it's just like something new to tackle yeah I can't imagine like you're like I'm pretty good and then you go to the top team in Italy and they're like I'm okay yeah oh yeah (laughs) super humbling dude like yeah like national player of the year and then being like you're the third setter yeah you can't like, you okay. can't start climbing that ladder until you're like okay this is a different ladder <laughs> right. i gotta i i accomplished that ladder now let's go to this one right and i think um yeah i was going in i was like a serving specialist like ripping a couple balls and they were like yeah go ace them and i'm like i'm so happy they have confidence in me to do something <laughs> i'm not, Hi, I'm not terrible at everything Oh, so then the year after you go, it's your first year in Poland. Mm -hmm. How nice, not nice, but like how relaxing was it? Like it had to be a brush of fresh air to go to Poland and be like, all right, I'm back. This is my squad. (laughs) Like, this is what I do. I can flow. I can serve. I can be my own person. Like how much of a relief was that? And like how... Now, how did the year go, essentially? I went pretty well. I had an Argentinian coach, so a lot of, like, a lot of the people that know the guy I'm talking about, Juan Manuel, he, like, loves to train, like, loves to train volley, loves to train in the gym, like, weightlifting-wise, and he made me so much better just because I, I wanted extra reps and I could do that. Like, we weren't playing any, like, Chev or Champions League, so it was, like, I was getting tons of setting reps, like, high ball like you know the high ball you know and so super important things I like wasn't really doing at Penn State like I was setting like the medium go and there there's just um like parts of my game that I really got to hone in on and like you said like feel free to play and like do all my do all my skills and like try to lead and I mean that language barrier is ridiculous but um no it was it was a lot more comfortable um, but it, it just allowed me to learn. I wouldn't say like, I just like thrive in a comfortable environment, but like it helped me, you know, get the time under my belt a little bit. Well, for sure. Having like an ounce of freedom is always a pretty liberating thing. 
So you yeah. just be yourself and have a little bit of personality for the first time instead of like walking to the line with your hands like shaking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. But I think what people don't realize is obviously siding out is an incredibly huge part of the game and like it always will be at any level. But quality of setting and transition essentially separates you from like eighth place to first place. Mm-hmm. Right? So like you were just talking about high balls, like even if it's imperfect fast any high balls, like you had two girls this year that like imperfect pass are like, give me a high ball. Let me just tee off. Mm-hmm. But how different was it going in to Amoco or Poland or in the USA gym? And you were just like, okay, not only do I have to be perfect inside out, but my transition setting has to be like spot on or we can't score. Right. Like what kind of, what was the difference in like, not pressure, but like a little bit of pressure of like, I have to be not just good, but like really, really good. Yeah. It's tough because I still like, I would, I would say even last summer it was like, you know, you got to read, like you're reading and you're getting something like Barch is coming at your back line with like her heavy ass arm. People are digging the ball, like just trying to dig the ball. And then I'm running it down and trying to set a go ball. So like, you know, you just hope there's no spin on it. And like, it's just, um, it's really difficult because you, and you have to fight that. Like you have to get out of that mindset of like, oh, I have to be perfect. Or like this ball needs to be perfect. As long as it's like off in that. And there's like a little hang, little love, we call it like they can go for it. But for sure there are times, especially like maybe you're doubting a little bit, like, Hey, that's the worst. Might, yeah. And it's like, how did that, how does that one bad set not turn into three? Like that's, yeah. you got to have a, like, we, what do we, what did Sue say? She was saying, um, like, don't sit in your shit, right? Like you shit, you're aware of it, get out of it, you know? And it's yeah. just, like, it's super powerful to have that mindset and okay, the last perfect ball, it wasn't great. So now what's going to happen with this trans ball? And it's like, yeah. you just have to, you got to figure it out. Yeah. You got to be aggressive to it. So, um, definitely reps help though. Who was it? That's, uh, this sitting your shit. Well, uh, do you, do you guys know who Ken Revisa is? Yeah. Yeah. So he is a sports psychologist. Uh, he passed away a couple of years ago. He's a sports psychologist at Cal State Fullerton and he worked with Andrea Becker with the national team. He used to come into Pep a couple of times mm-hmm. a year and he always used to say, like, the most important thing is, like, the circle, right? So, like, it's the one point in time of, like, you get to – when does the play end when does the next play start? And that circle is your chance to, like, reminisce, essentially, on what just happened. And so he's always, like, if you walk in to the circle, you got to look each other in the eye and don't shit in the circle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you shit in the circle, like, nothing gets solved. It's like you just said, you know, like you can't, you can't sit in your own shit because then nothing, nothing gets resolved. No, nothing good comes from that. And it's like, yeah. And that goes as like body language, even if it's not even in a circle and you got someone reacting and it's like, your teammates feel it. Yeah. And I, I've noticed myself, um, like head down or like I'm chucking a ball or I'm like, and it's like, I don't need them to like check on me because I'm good, but I need to show them I'm good. You know, it's really important. Uh, people can feel people can feel confidence oh yeah like it like i mean you can how do you you think you did in uh sorry matt no go ahead how do you think you did with uh body language that first year in italy when you weren't the starter that must have been pretty challenging yeah i mean 
it's funny because um, it's, it, it wasn't challenging in the sense that I knew I shouldn't be starting. Okay. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like I had the awareness of like, I got a lot of work to do and I'm okay with that. Like I'm, I'm here with it, but I'm also like, I'm hungry and I know that I need like, I need to be a, a good teammate. I need to be like, if we need something, I can't remember my, my other sister's name. She was Croatian. She was really cool. But um, yeah, like I just wanted to be the best team I could and be like, what would I expect these girls to do for me if I was starting? Um, because I think that's super important. But I, actually when I left the team and like got the rose and was like, I the whole stadium, you know, and my, my club told me like, you're like one of the best teammates. Like you have great character. And I was like, thank you. Because like you said, it is challenging. There were times I was like, damn, like I just want to go out there and serve and play and, you know, have my little moment but i couldn't get caught up in that you know yeah it's probably the best way you could handle that yeah think about the people around you yeah so then year one in poland it gets better you're starting to develop and then year two you're coming into your own yeah like you're finally come it's essentially your junior year of playing abroad right you're coming into your own and you switch teams mm-hmm and you're now on a Champions League team? No. What style of team? So it was just the same. It was just Polish. Oh. oh, decent. So even better, you get more time to train. Exactly. Yeah, so you're loving it. Mm. I mean, <laughs> the thing was, it was cool. Like, the city was such an upgrade. Like, uh, so first year I played in Dombrova, Gornicka, and the second was Wrocław. And, like, Wrocław is a huge city. Um, and they've actually held like quite a few FIVB tournaments, but like you go in the city and, Oh, do you speak English? And like, of course. And I'm like, wow. Like last year I would have been like, you know, there's no way I can get around town or go to a restaurant without like just pointing at the menu, you know? So, um, it was way easier, like way easier culturally, but the volleyball, yeah, it wasn't much different. We trained a lot and like, um, actually the team that I left, so then Brovo became champions league but Wrocław was paying a lot more. I was going to say, you left for the money. (laughs) (laughs) And also, like, when when I'm looking at, like, the experience from the team they wanted to re-sign or, like, have on Dombrova versus Wrocław, I felt like it was a better fit for me, Um, not only money-wise, but, like, as a team to, like, maybe be second, first or second in the Polish League. So I was trying to get, like, that exposure, too. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. Love so when then, a plan comes together. Yeah, <laughs> so then at what point in time, like in this timeline, because you're essentially you're just it's Pan Am Cup, Pan Am Cup, Pan Am Cup. At what point in time did you break through? And I was like, now I'm traveling for real. And this is for the USA gym. Yeah. Mm. Grand Prix 2017. Yeah. And that was before VNL became a thing. So 18 was VNL. Yeah. So 2017, I traveled for Grand Prix. And then, yeah, I think that was it. And I did Pan Ams. I still did Pan Ams up to like, I think I did Pan Ams 18 as well. It all runs together though. How, <laughs> how many Pan Ams? <laughs> how huge was that moment when you're like, yes, uh, it worked. All the setting reps have paid off. I'm traveling. Well, I mean, and I still feel like I haven't finished business. Like, um, I didn't really like, have that moment of like, yeah, but I was like, cool. Like, 
this is like, this is where I want to be. You know, like yeah. these, are, these are the athletes I want to be training with every day. Cause this is how I get better at it. Like, this is how I, I learn. I learn is to be around the people that are doing it at the highest level. So that was, that was like the coolest thing. And then like learning, like what keeps me here? What, how do I keep learning? What do I keep getting better at? And so on. I'm going to start calling you Bert. Bert. Do you know Bert Kreischer, the comedian? Mm-mm. Oh, they call him the machine. So I'm going to call you Bert the machine. <laughs> I've been called just... before, Jackson. I don't appreciate it. Oh, Way to go, Jackie. She's never coming on again. No. So then after that, you went to Monza? Mm-hmm. Two years in Monza? Yeah. And you played for Flaska? Yeah. I have heard he's like the best guy ever. Dude. Rest Super in peace, Falaska, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Because we had like as a setter, he like as a setting coach, he probably did most for me in my pro career because he just was like he let me be me. And then in practice he was like he was really good at being like, Hey, like you aren't setting long string from from this zone or this zone. Like, let's work on that like your bread and butter are these three things and like just being aware of like, like, I don't know, like the open communication we had was so dope. And so like people underrate that so much. For sure. And yeah, so it really, it really sucked, man. When he, we like had a great season, we, like we accomplished all the club goals, you know, and like they were super happy with us. And then I think I was in California when I heard that he had passed and I like, his wife was a sweetheart. He has two kids and it was just like, gut-wrenching what's your best miguel flasca story on on and off the court Mm, on the court i just like loved okay it's funny because normally i wouldn't say i love like how emotional like foreign coaches are but like his was so genuine like because it would be something that we were working on really hard in practice and when it clicked in a game he would just do like the fists up and there are like so many pictures of him just like ah like we did it you know (laughs) and it was just really cool and authentic um off the court I I didn't have like a ton of like outside of the gym stuff with him but like we definitely had a lot of really good conversations and I think just like all in all like the authenticity authenticity of like who he was was just really refreshing and like his family and it just you know he lived it it wasn't like a show or anything you really live for truth yeah i've I've noticed this a lot (laughs) this word authenticity really comes out in your your speeches huh yeah also i do tend to rant so sorry (laughs) no no it's great it's it's exactly what we want it's exactly what we want um and then you go to world championships. It's you and Carly. Mm-hmm. And what was that like? Cause you guys are like so close. And so what was that feeling of like, we're just right on the cusp of potentially being world champions again. And then like kind of the heartbreak after that. Yeah, man. Um, that was hard. And I think, I think we, we all took that hard. And I think the coaching staff took that hard. And what I think I mean, I think that we could have, like, prepared a little bit better for that tournament. Like, I think that as far as, like, we didn't really, like, talk about, like, the repeat. Like, everyone knew, but I don't think we talked about that. And, like, that, there's pressure there, you know. And yeah. um, we saw Poland 
like repeated and we were like we gotta do it you know like it it's just I don't know man it like it was tough because no one wants to lose but it was just like how I don't know it it was not easy and I think that as a team we're definitely still learning from that experience what's your biggest takeaway from that tournament as an individual and as a team that you're working on now as an individual I would say like just showing like more initiative I think in general like um not that I don't speak my mind but that I can do more with my like the vocal part of my game whether it's on the bench or like in a leadership meeting or hey like this we need to talk about this you know just saying that um and starting a conversation I think I can definitely do more of and like as a team I thought um like that was kind of like a general theme for us was like talking about like what was not working and now we're actually trying to like cultivate a better culture and like how that's a theme you know like we need to talk about stuff when it gets real and like there is um there needs to be work done and like everyone on on this team has a voice and so we're making strides to do that now which i think is gonna be really cool i'm excited for it i like we we actually are doing work we should have done years ago but okay you can't shed yourself so like we have another year right like we have this corona pandemic going on so like we're using our time it's pretty cool yeah and uh when we talked to jordan uh the other day she was saying like she's talking about all these things or not all these things but things that she wants to work on and get better at as a teammate and like questions they were asking or you guys were asking each other is like who are you and what do you stand for essentially so we're gonna ask you the same question who who are you and what do you stand for yeah i mean i think i i am just in tr- i'm trying to embody like the best I can be, like be my best self for the people around me because I've learned in in life and in sport that like if you're not preserving yourself and like doing your work, you're not helping the people around you. Um, And so I think like, you know, trying to have like a high moral code and like, you know, be a good whole person and bring that to a team is super important. So I, I definitely try to try to do that. And yeah, I stand for, I stand for authenticity, like I've been saying, you know, like I think it's, it's just who I am. And I think I try to be pretty transparent in what I'm about and I'm pretty flexible, you know, I want it to be an open conversation. So, yeah. Well, it works for me. Hey, it's, you know, it's who you are. It works for me. But <laughs> I was just curious. All the, we're going to keep having hopefully more national team athletes that come on going to keep asking you guys the same question and see where everybody stands oh it's a great question you know because i think uh i think i mean it's marv says it all the time it's it's not where you are it's who you are and uh so hearing old you know potential olympians olympians talk about who they are it's great you know because i'm i think jackson and i are both curious and i suspect our listeners are curious as well is they're listening to you guys talk not us but um yeah selfishly selfishly i'm just trying to learn from you guys so yeah pretty much that's i think that's super important though is like everyone needs to have that you know everyone needs to have that hunger of like learning and so like asking that question 
it makes me think about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it makes me really like look inwardly. And I don't know if you guys ask yourself that after you get off this podcast, but I mean, the fact that you're asking it, it's pretty cool. Every night before I go to sleep. Yeah. Who am I? <laughs> who am I? What do I stand for? No, but uh, yeah, you're, you're right. It's definitely a perspective-driven question. But so here's here's my next question for you. You walk into college. Who's the first person to give you the business in the NC2A? They just worked you. Mm-hmm. Like mine was this guy, Jay Petty. I mean, this guy wore like, he, uh, he wore a little towel on the back and he couldn't really jump. You could stick a credit card under him and he went block <laughs> out on me about 22 times in a row before I figured <laughs> out maybe I should just take line. Um, mm. <laughs> I don't really know, man. Like when I first got to college, you're asking a lot here because this is like pretty deep. Pretty We're the deep same age. Recall. I know, but like, <laughs> I'm just thinking like, okay, the first time I played was against uh, like a preseason tournament. We played USC. We won in five and it was my first game starting, but like nothing really happened. Nobody, what about at any time in your career? Yeah, nobody's ever worked you. Nobody's ever just dropped 30 on you. 30? Well, <laughs> not on my side. I would say, like, I was going to say Carcelo used to just drop 30, like, whenever she wanted. Um, but, yeah, I would say, like, it was more, like, defensively versus blocking. <laughs> like, Well, that works. You know, she would just, like, be chopping balls. And, like, we didn't have a lefty in our gym that was doing stuff like that. So it was just like, okay, well I'll go here. And then she was hitting like the 10 foot line. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to do, you know, <laughs> like, but she was so fun to play against. And now to play with her, it's come full circle. <laughs> that was probably and what, nice. what's your, uh, what's your best uh, coach Russ Rose story in the gym and out of the gym? Um, <laughs> he, was like very he got really fired up in the tournament one year um and he came like he got off the bench just like on point 24 and he like was like micah come here and i was like what like i'm in the fucking game you know and he's like like i'm not going to disclose who we were playing but he was like we're going 5-0 like because he had kept a running record of how many times we beat this team and like was so happy about it. And I was like, dude, like we're in the game. Like, can't you just hype me up after, you know, <laughs> but it was just so like, so funny. Um, that was on the court, off the court. I mean, like he, it, I, the thing is there were so many moments that like, he was just like, the thing is, I'll tell you, he is epic. Like one liners, man, that guy, will like just zing them and you're like dude i was not prepared for what you just hit me with and literally a non-stop i called him i actually talked to him and his son like probably two weeks ago and like it's just still alive and well like it just doesn't stop with him that guy's a machine oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah i went to his like 40th anniversary last summer i just like i like, and it's, it's so cool to, like, hear him, like, give speeches. Because, guys, he, like, wings it. He doesn't even, like, he, but he knows what to say. It's so. 40 years, Micah. Oh, I 40 know. 40 years. Like, <laughs> the amount of, like, 
I know it's a lot of years, but just so much respect for like, he does it for the people, you know, and he, it's funny because people can say, Oh, like he's, he's been so, you know, lucky. He's worked really hard and he's like won a lot. He's got the results. So it's easy to say that he enjoyed his job, but he's like the amount of women that came back on his 40th to like just celebrate him was like jaw dropping. Like, and forever your lives have changed. You know, like you're impressionable when you're in college anyway, but like the amount of like, discipline and work ethic he like instills in people it's pretty cool what's the biggest takeaway like could be volat whatever because we agree we talked to jordan about this too we think college is like the most pivotal time in a young person's life mm-hmm. what's the one thing that like really stood out that you took away from college that will forever change who you are a lesson learned a failure a one-liner whatever <laughs> all right i got one so sophomore year after we lost and I had like blew my left ankle out like on the court. Um, we came back to state college and I had sent the team a message like, uh, oh no, this is, sorry, let me rewind. We were like, people were automatically talking about like, who's going to get the booze. Cause like people were upset. It was college time, you know, like people want to party and it was like, we're going to kind of like have a little party where we're, together and we're like mourning the loss and I was just kind of like pissed you know I'm like guys like aren't you guys like why is this the first thing we do you know and then like so now kind of realizing like people cope in their own ways you know and like who am I to say like you can't you know you can't do it how you want and I think that's something I learned was like that was my like instead of responding and like understanding I was like reacting And I was like, this is like, I got to say something like this is, you know, a team that can really do something. So like my intentions were there, but knowing that like now, even if your intentions there, you got to have, you got to be able to like communicate in a better way. And I think um, for college, that was like pivotal for me moving forward and being like, how do I go on junior senior year and be a better leader and be a better communicator? And that just, that followed me to here. It's a big deal. It's huge. Yeah. Josh Taylor said his girls are doing the same thing in Mizzou right now. Yeah. They're learning how to not just crucify each other and actually listen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's so, it's easy. Like, I mean, I mean, I guess it's easy for people who like are naturally like outspoken, which in some cases I would say I am in some cases I'm not, but like, it's not always the best way to go about it. You know, and I, I learned that the hard way, but I'm really happy I learned it. Oh, that's huge. So, thank uh, you for yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, what's uh, not that you have an end date on your volleyball career, because I'm sure you have a bunch of years left in you, but what do you think you're going to get into when it's all over? I definitely want to give back to the sport. I don't really know, like, in what way and, like, what that entails, but, um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's going to be really hard for me to step away from a sport that's given me so much, you know, and, um, you know, I've like recently thought about, cause mental health, especially right now, it's so important. Um, not only because of the pandemic, but because like in our team, we're talking about that and we're trying to, you know, get someone on our, on our staff. Um, but I think that athletes are always, focused on the physical fit part and like being physically prepared and how can I be better? Like, and we don't 
take into account that like mental is literally 90% of what we do now. Like, obviously you need the 10% to be as 10% as it can be, but like, what about the 90% that you're almost ignoring, you know? So, um, I think that right now that's kind of calling to me. So I don't know if that's like sports psych or like, you know, um, but I definitely think that people don't give that enough attention. That's really cool. Yeah. We ought to get Josh Taylor on the phone for you. You can go be a grad assistant and get your uh, sports psych degree taken care of. Hey. Hey. There you go. Well, Micah, I think we're good here. I think we're good here too. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you. much for yeah. coming on. This was awesome. Yeah, I know. I had a Thanks good for time. listening to the podcast today. Uh, if you haven't already, yeah, don't forget this to hit the great. subscribe button. Below. You killed it.